All right, let me take a sip of something here. Ah, that little behind the scenes before a show starts. All right, are the vocal cords lubricated? Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Welcome back to The Watch List with Patty and Bill. Make sure you catch up on all of your back episodes of The Watch List by going to thewatchlistpod.com. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you engage with us on social media. We like engagement. At symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol The Watch List Pod. And if you listen to us on Apple, please give us a five-star review. All 20 of you, it would really, really help. Anyway. Well, I think not all 20 are listening through an iPhone or well, that's through an true. Apple device. Well, wherever you listen, if you if there is a rating system, give us a thumbs up, some five stars, whatever you do. If not, thank you for listening. We appreciate <laughs> each and every one of you. I'm pretty sure only iTunes or iPods, <laughs> whatever that's <laughs> called. I think that's the only Apple podcast. That's what it's called. I'm pretty sure Apple Podcasts is the only one that has any kind of rating system. Ah, okay. Which is kind of annoying. Like, what the fuck? You know? Right. You would think that other platforms would want yeah. podcast rated. And I speaking would. of platforms, though, just an yes. update for everybody. Mm-hmm. No word yet from from Yikify or Spotify. I'm still waiting, and I will okay. still press them because I want to know. How you get that Spotify money? Yeah, totes my goats. You know, if they, I want them to put their money where their mouth is with supporting historically underserved uh, podcasters and audiences and all of that, under which Patty and I both fall. Um, you know, hey, we'll we'll give you a five day a week podcast if that happens. Any hoozy. So, what have we got this week? How many things do you have this week? I have four total with the one we both saw. Okay. So, let's flip a coin. He scratches his beard. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't even have a coin. So, why don't you go first? So, the first thing I saw, I, we went to the movies, Dwight and I did. Um, actually, it was a weekend, two weekends ago. We saw Moonfall. Oh, I'm jealous. That's the one that stars Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, and John Bradley. And yep. Patrick Wilson was Ed Warren in the Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. And John Bradley is Sam Tarley from Game of Thrones, for those who don't remember his name at all. Yes. He he was he was the one who wanted to be the, the was it what did they call him in on Game of Thrones? The Mason? Not a Mason, but a um Yeah, um uh I yeah, it's like a mason, but not at all. Right, that's the word looks like the it's word like looks a, like a mason. like a religious sort of teacher um, kind of thing. Yeah, they're like a a special counselor type of guy, but that's neither here nor there because this movie is about in 2011 the astronauts Brian Harper and Jacinda Fowler, who are Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, mm. they're up in space at the satellite. They're on. Uh, uh, out of the ship mission, I forget what that's called, a spacewalk or whatever, fixing things. Extravehicular and activity. Sure, that's what they're calling it. And this weird thing flies through, knocks the ship around, and uh, kills one of their crew members, one of their other crew members. And then there's this big, long uh, trial where Brian Harper gets kicked out of NASA because they blame him for the incident and they don't believe him about this entity that crashed through the ship. And our girl, Halle Berry, can't remember what happened at all. So she's like, it could have been, I don't know, it could have been him sabotaging ship, but, you know, why would he? So 10 years later, uh, Sam Charlie believes the moon is an artificial megastructure. And he steals time on a research telescope, and he discovers that the moon's orbit is veering closer to the Earth. And he's trying to get people to listen, but, you know, he's a cuckoo whack job. 
so nobody's listening to him. And that's when NASA people are like, yo, the moon's orbit is out of whack. So now NASA realizes that the moon is out of orbit and somehow, and our Sam Tarly starts talking to uh, the uh, Brian guy and they come together with other crackpots at a crackpot convention. (laughs) And now the moon is like practically on top of the earth and shit's going crazy because the moon is what causes the tides and all the shit going on. So they have to do a space mission, but the space mission with the real astronauts gets blown up. And now Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson and Sam Tarly have to... Whose name is not Sam Tarly. (laughs) Whose name is not Sam Tarly in the movie, but, you know, John Bradley. He's got a... They got, they're the ones who now take the spaceship up into space to go, I don't know what they're going to fix on the moon, but I guess they got some nukes or some shit to nuke the moon, which that's going to fuck up the planet a lot. <sighs> so this here's movie a- just gets more crackpotty. Like it starts out really cool with the special effects of the moon fucking with the earth. Mm-hmm. But then this crackpot shit comes in and it just gets more crazy fucked up. Like I can't, I cannot suspend my disbelief for the rest of this movie because it is such shit. And that story is so fucked up. And the special effects, it is not worth it to pay money to go see this, whether it's in a theater or even at your TV. Don't pay any money for this. Wait until it's free if you feel you absolutely must see it. Well, I I absolutely must see it because I love a good Destruction of the Earth movie. We've discussed that before. Oh, I I love it, too. That's why I thought this movie's going to be fucking awesome. And it's Roland Emmerich, too, right? It, it, he's blown up the world before, right? Um, Yes, it is him. Right. So Written, it's Roland... directed, produced by. Well, and it's not like 2012 was, was absolutely believable. That was another Roland Emmerich thing. No, but I don't know. I just... I was able to suspend my disbelief for most of that one. This one just got cuckoo bananas and stupid to where I just couldn't do it anymore. Well, and is probably evidenced by the box office of this movie, too, because it didn't open well and it sank like a stone. Yeah, because people are like, yeah, no, this... Wow. Well, thanks for saving me some dough, because I because the the TV spots made it look like oh this is gonna oh, look yeah, so totally. good. The trailer that I saw in the theater before I saw the movie before it came out, I was like, yeah, that'll be so awesome. No, 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 no. All right. No. So that's Moonfall. Currently only in theaters. Okay. So uh, all my stuff is streaming. By the way. And I'm going to start with the weakest thing. This is the weakest link. So I don't remember if we mentioned this show before or not, but it's, it's a show called Disenchantment. It's an animated TV series that is currently on Netflix, and it features uh, Abby Jacobson and uh, Tress McNeil. And it's actually done by Matt Groening. Okay. So it's kind of Simpson guy with two people I do- I've never heard of. Yeah. And I thought, all right, because I've, you know, I've watched other animated things that have really gone to the R-rated side of things. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that's really well done. Like Crossing Swords, I really, really like on Hulu because they just go there. You know, it's it's these little animated figures fucking and and like <laughs> blowing shit up and That's cutting awesome. off limbs and it's so swearing. like stop motion. Yeah, kind of stop oh, motion nice. with those little figures, but 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 they swear they do everything, so it's very adult. Or there's Paradise mm-hmm. PD that's completely animated, animated, mm-hmm. but they just swear they do everything, and so it's made for us. Nice. This show was made for the audiences who absolutely loved The Simpsons in its first three or four seasons. When Matt Groening's shit was new. Okay. 
so it follows this first episode. There's this unruly princess, uh, you know, as these things always want to have. There's an unruly princess who is betrothed to somebody else, and it's her wedding day. And her overbearing father, the king, and her possibly serpent demon stepmother, um, (laughs) who actually has, like, gills and shit. Nice. um, They're saying, well, this match is going to be good and blah, blah, blah. But it just falters because it's it looks exactly like you would think The Simpsons or Futurama would look like. Mm, Okay. With very similar humor. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do disenchantment, I'd want it to be more adult, and it ain't. Oh, okay. So I I truly believe that in trying to do something funny and irreverent and a look sort of on you know castles and princesses and shit, he doesn't know who his audience is. Is it kids, or is it you know, or is it us? And it's Do you not, think oh, maybe sorry. he's going for the young adult teen kind of thing where he doesn't want to get too um, crass? I like guess. But the that, border of crass, maybe? But in animation especially, it, there's oh, such which a... Which is why I'm thinking, you know, maybe he doesn't want to get too crass. Because well, a lot of the anime that the young adults and teens and preteens are into doesn't do that kind of crass type of thing. Yeah, but anime is its own style, though. Well, yeah, it is. But I'm just thinking of animation and cartoons that appeal to that group, that young adult teen group. Like like the all the uh, Adult Swim kind of stuff on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Where I... they, they're kind of bad, but because they're on TV, they're not, like, really gross. But, but shows like Family Guy... Mm-hmm. Even The Simpsons, and, and mm-hmm. I used to love The Simpsons before it just got old. Um, and they just don't know what else to do but other other than to renew The Simpsons for yet another year. Um, but Family Guy I absolutely loved, especially in the first few seasons, because you rode that line of of PG-13 and R really, really well. So you could tell it was for an adult audience, not a kid audience, mm-hmm. but yet they didn't show you boobs or they didn't say fuck. or you They know, didn't cross that line. They didn't cross that thin line between PG-13 and R. This show doesn't know where its lines are. Okay. And, it, and the comedy is, is seriously back from the 90s. Like if I didn't know any better, I would think that this is kind of funny. Hmm. Okay. I can tell that it's trying to be amusing, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. It is. It was not for me. Disenchantment was not awesome. And okay. but if you're into Matt Groening and you like Futurama and later seasons of The Simpsons, like season fifty-six or season fifty-seven or however many seasons there are of The Simpsons, then you'll probably like Disenchanted on. Netflix. All right. All right. So the next one I have is on Amazon Prime. This is a new movie called I Want You Back. And it stars Charlie Day, Gina Rodriguez, Jenny Slate, and Scott Eastwood, who, yes, is the child of Clint Eastwood, Mm -hmm. for those who want to know. And this is about uh, these 30-somethings, Peter and Emma, which is Charlie Day and Jenny Slate, They've both been, have broken up with their boyfriend, girlfriend. Now, Peter, who is Charlie Day, I'm just going to start using their names so you get this picture in your head. So Charlie and Gina have been dating for like six years. And Gina's like kind of bored with him because he's not, he's just very complacent. Mm -hmm. And she wants more excitement in her life and her love life. So she's like, I'm sorry, we're breaking up. And he's crushed. And Jenny Slate is kind of, she's rather needy and grasping on to Scott Eastwood. And he's found someone else that he's smitten with. And so she's kind of crushed, but they haven't been dating very long, those two. So Jenny and Charlie work in the same building. 
and they meet up in the hallway because she's crying and he's like, I can't do this anymore. And he steps out of his office because he's like, needs a moment. And they strike up a conversation because they've both been jilted. So they start sharing their jilted feelings and they decide, hey, I can help you get him back and I can help and you can help me get her back. So they conspire to help each other get back together with the person who broke up with them. So Jenny starts, because uh, Gina Rodriguez has found somebody else now that she works with another, she's a teacher and he's a teacher. So Jenny kind of whittles her way into the drama club thing at this junior high as a volunteer to help them with their set and whatnot. As you do. As you do as an adult who doesn't know a single child in that school. And the school just allows this random girl to come in and she's flirting with the guy who's dating Gina Rodriguez and, and Charlie starts, uh, cause Scott Eastwood is a, he's a personal trainer. So Charlie day goes and starts training with Scott Eastwood to become buds with him to try and get him to be like, yeah, you want her back. And then it's all the tension and whatnot from there. I don't want to tell you too much about it because it's really good. It was a lot of fun. It was a cute little romance. And, you know, you got your shit happening that probably shouldn't be happening. And, you know, then they hate each other. Then they like each other. And then they hate each other. It's all kind of fun. Well, that's good. It is. It's Because I really did want to see it. And and you had me try to watch it and then i just i completely you failed me i totally did (laughs) but it's a cute movie it's really cute it's on amazon prime y'all should watch it because it's way better than moonfall okay (laughs) that's if you have a choice between (laughs) moonfall and i want you back yes i want you back is the watch i want you best picture oscar winner yes stay home watch i want you back if you got a prime subscription it won't cost you a dime just start it up and watch it because it's a lot of fun. It was really fun. So my next show, movie, whatever, is is actually, <laughs> it's a reality show. And I normally, the last time I did a reality show, it was the one set uh, in India with the yes, with I remember the the matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Well, this one is called Peckham's Finest, mm-hmm. and Peckham is uh, like a neighborhood or, or an area of London. And okay. it follows a diverse and aspirational group of young people from this eclectic pocket of London, capturing all aspects of their lives, including relationships, romances, friendships, and work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm doing it in fake British accent, and sorry if I'm offending people from actual England. <laughs> but um, I liked it. Oh, yeah. It, it's, you know what, some of it seems very kind of contrived. Mm. But but in the end, one thing that I really, really liked about it was that this show was eclectic. And in this neighborhood, which reminded me very, very much, uh, if I had to help people along and figure out what this neighborhood looks like, think of the Bronx in New York. Okay. Just, like... Just people from varied walks of life. You have some good-looking kids who are models, and then you have other good-looking people who are just not thin running a fashion show, and they're all kind of friends, and they all meet up. And and the whole story in the first episode centers on a a fashion show put on by a shopkeeper in Peckham. And and she's bringing all of her friends together and so forth and so on. And there's something really powerfully said in this episode. And it's by one of the workers in the shop. And and she is a plus-size woman. Very cute, very personality-driven. And she says, you know, I never seen representation of me when I was growing up. So it's up to me to be the representation. And I thought, that's really well said. Uh, yeah, not that, totally. Not that I would, you know, not that I'm surprised that anybody would say that, but I never heard it put so succinctly before. So, you know mm-hmm. what? Be the representation. Totes. And they put on this They put on this fashion <laughs> show, and you see all these, these lives. There was just something charming about it, oh. kind of like the matchmaker, 
Okay. Although I think the matchmaker was a little bit more interesting because that was more culturally driven, uh, especially in terms of, you know, us being, you know, we choose the people that we're going to marry versus yeah, somebody yeah. being matchmade. An arranged. Right, an arranged yeah. marriage versus following people in a neighborhood. But at least mm-hmm. it's diverse and you're seeing different people from all walks of life and... Unlike a lot of reality shows out there, I'm looking at you, fucking Jersey trash. Oh, um, crap. You, yeah. you know what I'm, Jersey Shore and yeah. and all that other sort of stuff. That follows a very monochromatic group of people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I'm not all about the screaming housewives of. Oh, that's trash. I would love for them to do yeah, I, the, know, house, I the real see... housewives of Leavenworth Prison. Yeah, I don't want to see crazy ass rich people. Right. I I don't care about them. Yeah. But uh, most of these reality shows that follow people around that aren't a competition, that's all you get is the rich people being assholes or just not people you'd like. Well, it's it's either aspirational, equal, or feeling superior to. Yeah. Those are the three segments of of all of that shit. And here you're totally at the equal level. You could I felt like I could I I feel like I would want to go to Peckham in London Mm -hmm. as a neighborhood to check it out. But is it any better or worse than the Bronx in New York? It doesn't look like it. It looks like, you know, someplace you'd get off on the train and you're in a neighborhood with just different restaurants and shops and, and all that stuff. Does this feel like these are people you would want to be friends with? Yeah. See, that's what I would look for in a reality show. Do I want to be friends with them? Could I be friends with them? Because then I want them. But the the, the last thing I will say about this show, it is not a priority to watch it. Okay. And I and I and I don't mean to throw it any shade at all. I liked it. Yes, there are people in Peckham that I would absolutely want to hang out with or at least visit their shops and see what they do and all this other sort of crap. But do I need to watch that show immediately? Not so much. And where could people find this show again? People can find this show also on the Hulus. All right. Cool. Yeah, it's it's got like 10 episodes. Um, it debuted in October of 2021, so it's yeah. it's freshish. Um, but it's on Hulu. Check it out if you are of a mind. Okay. Okay. And my next one is uh, based on true stuff. This is called Escape from Mogadishu. This is on Viki with your subscription, or you could rent this online from all the rental streaming places for about $4. The movie came out in 2021. Yeah, it's a Korean film that came out in 2021, and this is based on a true story. Uh, Back in 91, both North and South Korea were trying to get into the UN, a.k.a. the United Nations, for those who don't know what the UN is. Right. So they, uh, many of the African nations could, like, they had some sway if you could get enough of them to get you in. So both North and South Korea had these embassies in all these different um, African countries. And in 91, that's about when civil war broke out in Somalia. And so uh, the rebels cut off a lot of the embassies from the outside world um, that weren't quite as wealthy, like the U.S. embassy probably wasn't cut off to where they could contact the U.S. and tell them what's going on. But North and South Korea both got cut off, so they couldn't reach their their country to help them get the hell out of Somalia. In okay. particular, the city of Mogadishu. So they're trying to figure out how the hell do we get out of here, and then they get kind of pinned into their two embassies. Now, the South Koreans were able to get to that nearly overthrown president of uh, Somalia to pay them to give some guards to protect them in their embassy until things kind of died down. And the North Koreans, 
they had some what they thought were allies in the people of uh, Somalia, but they're young kids, kind of, and they were handed guns by the rebels, and these kids are coming into the embassy because the North Koreans believe that they're going to help them, so they just open the door, and these kids come in and wave guns in their faces. The North Koreans had children with them, and they've kind of been kicked out of their embassy now. And they're on the streets where all these rebels are driving around just randomly shooting and killing people Mm. and harassing them. So the North Koreans try to go to the Chinese embassy, but they can't get it in there. It's too surrounded. They can't get to it. And they've got these children with them that they're trying to protect. So they end up at the South Korean embassy, hoping that maybe something, they could get some sort of help or something, or the South Koreans can help them contact their people or an embassy elsewhere in Africa. And so there was a little bit of a throwdown there. Like, why should we help you? Cause you have been screwing us over left and right already. And you're friggin' North Koreans. Hello. Well, they managed, they, they have some sympathy and they let them in, but those guards are like, we're being paid per person. Where's the rest of our cash? Mm-hmm. Cause now you've got a whole extra people that we're protecting, but What are we getting out of this? So they abandoned them in the middle of the night. And now it's about how these two groups, they speak the same language. They're from the same landmass, but they're opposed. How do they work together to get the fuck out of this crazy ass shit? And there's a lot of action going on with where you see all the the horrible stuff going down in Somalia during this time. And then them struggling to get the hell out. And this was really good. It's really gripping. And because I don't know the history of this, I'm like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So it's not like um, Argo, where I knew these people got back. This is like, so I'm like, what the fuck happens here? And it's really good. So definitely worth a rental for four bucks online to stream. Uh, Escape from Mogadishu is the name of it. And it's all Korean actors, so it's people you have no real... You haven't seen them in other stuff, so it's not like you're trying... You're picturing, like, Halle Berry and the other stuff she's been in. Right. Yeah. Halle Berry in a spacesuit trying to thwart spaceship moon from decimating <laughs> the Earth. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so or, or Sam Tarly... In space, or you know, who's as a cuckoo crackpot. Yeah, who's not Sam? Exactly. Who's not Sam Darley. So you don't have that going on, it, and so you could really get into it. It's this is damn good, damn good. So the last thing I have is a comedy special, mm-hmm. and this comedy special is called is from Ali Wong, who did the movie Always Be My Maybe. And she's. I like her. She's good. And and I like her very much. And and so that's why I watched her latest comedy special called Ali Wong Don Wong. And it's on Netflix. And I and I have to say and this follows my trend of trying to be amused where like the news is just so fucking depressing all the time. Sometimes I need to lift the weight off of my shoulders for a minute. And I and I don't know if anybody else feels like that. But sometimes when you read the news, or or as I've recently discovered the term doom scroll, mm-hmm. when you doom scroll to see what's going on in the world and you and you are just fortified in your knowledge of the fact that the world right now just sucks ass. I need to take that off and put that over here for a while and be entertained and I need to laugh. So that's why I found that Aziz and Sorry special. I mm-hmm. gravitate toward comedies these days and all that other sort of jazz. I, I this special. Now I always save the one that I like the most for last, mm-hmm. and this is of the three things that I watch. Definitely the one that I like the most. That you know, I kind of did the same. Y- you know, is it, is it, um, is it the funniest shit you've ever seen? No. But I was completely surprised, and I don't know why, that she is so X-rated. 
and I and I and I just got this picture of her from because my first exposure to her truly was always be my maybe. And and that's the situation you get into when you think of an actor in one way or in one role and then you see them do something completely different and you're like, whoa. Um, so to hear her explicitly, explicitly talk about sex, which is funny, uh, is 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 a little jarring, but I guess I needed that to knock me out of the always be my maybe set and realize mm-hmm. she's a comedian first and foremost, right? There are a lot of jokes that don't land right because she has gotten privileged in her life. And so a lot of the comedy comes from dealing with situations that richer, more famous people deal with. But again, either being aspirational, equal to, or superior than, she hits that aspirational tone in in her comedy. So again, is it the funniest shit you've ever seen? No. But if you're looking for a good laugh about how lucky guys are to be with rich women and powerful (laughs) women, at least watch the first part of this special because it's that's kind of funny. That I I thought that that was hilarious because it's absolutely true. (laughs) Um, But overall, are there better comedy specials? Maybe. But again, are are you going to absolutely go wrong with this hour-long special? No. You know, if you're looking for something interesting and uh, just comedy-driven, watch Ali Wong Dunwong on Netflix. My first experience with her was her special, uh, uh, like stand-up special, called Ali Wong Baby Cobra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was pregnant during that one, and that... Sounds the same kind of X-rated, a little crass, but funny as shit, um, comedy special. That came out in 2016, and it was streaming on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but if you want to watch more Ali Wong, you can't go wrong finding out, you know, finding Baby Cobra, where this pregnant woman's talking about being pregnant, and it's that was really fun. That was really fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I I think she is somebody that I would absolutely watch their comedy. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about this last fucking thing. Yeah, the last one that we both watched together, or not together, but we both watched, you know, that dog movie with not Matt Damon and you know Bob Cumberbund guy and Kirsten Dunst. And it's up for an Oscar. It's up for many Oscars. <laughs> yeah. it, it's called... Um, um, Power of the Dog. Uh, so that thing, holy shit. It's up for Best Picture, Best Actor, um, uh, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress. I mean, it's up for a lot of shit this year. Yeah, the married couple of Not Matt Damon and Kirsten Dunst both nominated. Yeah. One of the three couples. And I when she say. says Not Matt Damon, the actor's name is Jesse Plemons, and he but actually. He, he, he looks could be like Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. He looks like he could be Matt Damon's brother. Yes, he totally looks like Matt Damon, which is why I never remember his name. So I refer to him as not Matt Damon because he's not Matt Damon. Yeah, and the story. But he looks sent- like it. <laughs> and Kirsten Dunst is this widow with a kid, and it's hard. And first of all, Kirsten Dunst at whatever age she is, and I have never been ageist about actors in Hollywood, never, because I think it's unfair to always in an article read the age of the actress and nowadays they're getting better at this stating the age of the of the male actor mm-hmm. but Kirsten Dunst in this movie has a, a teenage son she's 39 in real she, life she's she's 39 she is 39 she was okay. born in 1982 no kidding well no kidding. this takes place in the old west and 1925 Montana like I said, 1925 Montana, and she's a widow, and she has this kid, and she runs a... Um, it's an inn. She like runs an, an inn. inn. Right. So one day, not Matt Damon and Benedict, what color is my cummerbund, their group <laughs> of people come in because they're working, 
and not Matt Damon falls head over heels for Kirsten Dunst and decides that he wants to marry her. And Benedict Cummerbund, Cumberbatch, for those who are offended by me talking about Sherlock fucking Holmes or Doctor Strange, um, you know, he is all like, that's just a widow trying to get a hold of your money. And and those two are brothers, by the way. Oh, right. Not Matt Damon and Doctor Strange are brothers in this movie. Exactly. So um, after Not Matt Damon gets married to Claudia from Interview with the Vampire. (laughs) (laughs) We can stop that now. I think people are getting annoyed. I love that, though. Come on, let's just go over all their roles. All right, so so Not Matt Damon gets married to Mary Jane Watson from Spider-Man. And Benedict, uh, and and then... um, Dude's Dr. not Strange. having this. Doctor Strange <laughs> is not having any of this, right? But it's the relationship that Kirsten Dunst's son sees happening that sets forth in motion actions in this picture. But first, um, Doctor Strange, he does. He is n- extra nasty to the son because he doesn't like how effeminate he seems to be yeah but we don't want to give away issue with that but i don't want to give away too much stuff that's kind of what the catalyst of what the son's doing that starts the ball rolling is the way that uh he treats the son yeah and she doesn't care for that she doesn't like him at all so the movie delves into bullies and and the motivating factors for all of that. And I get that, but I was mm-hmm. bored out of my fucking mind. I, I swear to you on, I, I could have watched paint dry <laughs> and, and, and I hate, I don't want to throw shade to Jane Campion either. Jane Campion is the director of this movie. And again, Hollywood being shitheads, her being nominated for Best Director is the only time in Oscar history that a woman is a two-time nominee for Best Director. Oh, wow. That and sucks. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she is going to win. You think so? Oh, I think piano, so. No, it's possible. Yeah. I think so. But I never did like the piano either. The piano. The piano. I didn't mind the piano. I would. I mean, it, it's it's just like this one. That's the quiet. Yeah. You know, we really don't quite build up to a like a big thing, but thing you know, big things kind of happen, but yeah. not like explosions and shit. Right. It's just you know, relationship wise, the characters come to a head, and Jane Campion she did the screenplay adaptation of this book that's written by. Thomas Savage. It's the same title, Power of the Dog. I haven't read the book. I don't know anything about the book. You told me you didn't finish this. Did you go back I did, and finish I didn't, it? I didn't finish it. So okay. uh, just to be completely fair and honest, I watched uh, almost an hour of this movie. And then I looked at Laura and said, I'm out. I can't. I can't stay awake. I can't pay attention because it's so slow. And and I, and I, we always have this deal with each other that we will turn off a movie... If, if we're not digging it, we'll give it a shot. But she went back and watched it. It's 126 minutes long. Yeah, so I missed Just another hour and 20 minutes of it. And I, and I went back and I asked her how it was, and she said she quite liked it mm-hmm. because of how it builds and all that stuff. And I, and I totally get the slow build. I was just not on board. And it's not that I don't like period pieces and I get a bad rap in our house, actually, because, okay. because <laughs> I don't like period pieces. But it's I like period pieces. This one, to me, there is a little too deliberate in pacing. I like slow and a build, but damn. This one felt like I was growing old with them. Yeah, it, it's trying to make you care about the characters, so it's going really slow to introduce you to the people and help you get an idea of who they are. And I saw, I watched the whole thing. I trudged through the whole thing. 
which trudge is exactly what I did mm-hmm. because it's so fucking slow and quiet. Oh my god! And you know, in the end, I didn't really give a fuck about any of what was going on. Right. I just wasn't. I just didn't care, and I didn't. It was. I didn't like it. It was kind of meh and kind of boring, really. Now, there are two things that I will say about that. First of all, first and foremost, thank you for making me not feel weird because this is supposedly (laughs) up for all these fucking Oscars. And it's the greatest shit since sliced bread this year. Hmm. The second thing is it's exactly Oscar bait. Yeah, it is. I think that this is a movie that Oscar can hold up and say, look, see, we're supporting a woman filmmaker. We're going to nominate this shit. And it is acted well. You know, if if an actor makes you hate them like you do Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie, that actor is doing a really good job. Yeah, he did a great job making me hate him. Right. And Jesse Plemons actually earns his nomination because I really rooted for his character because it was so innocent. Mm-hmm. He didn't see any machinations and all of that. He didn't, you know, he didn't see his brother's point of view. And in that, I liked his character and Kirsten Dunst I felt sorry for because what else is a, is a poor widow supposed to do in 1925? Right. You know, she yeah. wants to provide for her son. She, you know, and all that stuff. So And she's the only female like with a main role in this. Right. There were other females, but they were like they were background, and they didn't. You didn't even know their names. Yeah, and another thing is, at least in this movie, and this, and and I have to take it through this lens too. They didn't try to shoehorn in any other representation in this movie. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of movies do these days to try to check a box off. Mm-hmm. This was a very isolated story about these people at this time, and that's what it was. But Oscar voters, I don't. They're a weird fucking bunch, I swear to God. How is it that a movie like like Passing doesn't get nominated for shit? Passing got snubbed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It won a whole lot of other awards and, and nominations, like the National Society of Film Critics and all this other sort of shit, but it got ignored by the Academy by the American Academy of Motion Picture So they didn't get any nominations at all? Not actress in a supporting role, not actress in a leading role. So another movie directed by a woman starring two amazing actors who just happen to be female, their movie gets snubbed, yet The Power of the Dog gets all these nominations i just i don't understand it except to say and i don't want to take it through this lens i really don't but it kind of looks a little funny that a movie starring two black actresses gets snubbed at the oscars yet receives worldwide attention in critic circles and so forth Mm -hmm. like baftas and shit yeah yeah why is it that our Academy didn't recognize at least some of the acting or the directing of passing and all and cinematography and all that other sort of shit, yet Jane Campion and other white actors get nominated for a movie that you yourself said you trudged through? Yeah. I don't want to, no pun intended, color people's opinion of this movie. Some people may like it. Laura liked it. Mm-hmm it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a sledge a sludge though i mean you have to commit yourself to two and a half hours of very deliberately paced movie it's probably going to win best picture it's probably going to win at least one or two of the acting nominations Mm -hmm. it will probably win at least best director um I I just don't see it. Was the director of Passing also African American? No. Um okay. Passing was directed by R- Rebecca Hall. Now, Rebecca Hall, she played Tony Stark's girlfriend in Iron Man 3. Oh, so she's an actress. 
Yes. As well as a director. Okay. As well as a director. Okay. So if if you need a frame of reference, Iron Man 3 is probably the most commercial thing. And and I'm not even mm-hmm. looking at her whole ovu of <laughs> of film shit. Okay. Oh, that's right. She was in The Town also. Oh, man, was she good in The Town. I don't think I saw The oh, Town. Oh, The Town was a great Ben Affleck movie. Holy shit. Okay. Watch The Town because The Town was... Okay, I, I'm I'm gushing over The Town. But yeah, okay. Anyway, um, great fucking movie. Great fucking okay. movie. Um, so, yes, she is, an, she is an actor. She is also a director. And I think she powerfully directed this movie. And in a far lesser runtime, that made me just stay engaged. And it was my disengagement from this film that, speaking of the power of the dog... That led me to just stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to trudge through something. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to watch something that's dragging it out to where it didn't need to be. Like you could have cut some stuff from this and still got the feel of the whole story. And in a movie like Passing, it's still a quiet movie. Mm-hmm. The the actors are sometimes very subdued, but it's still paced better. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not necessarily just tooting Passing's horn. I'm just saying that other movies that are also quiet can be deliberately paced yet still move. Yeah. Gah. I felt like I was trapped in 1925 in that fucking movie. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, uh, The Power of the Dog. Netflix. It's on Netflix for people who care. If you're if you're looking to fill your Oscar quota of shit to watch before the Oscars, which people are caring less and less about these days, yeah, yeah, um, watch it because it's the front runner. Yeah. If not, get your two and a half hours back in life and go do something <laughs> else. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, all right, we got news. I have two pieces of news myself. <gasps> news. What? News. All right, so what's your news? So that show you had watched, Goedam, that was like little pieces of like urban myths from yes. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Korea, I want to say. That was really good. That's getting a season two. No shit. No shit. It is the season two though is going to be called Urban Myth Toothworm. Ooh. And it's gonna be another like vignettes of different urban myths like that. Nice. And the second thing I've got is it has been announced and confirmed that there will be a season two of Squid Game. No way. Yes, yes. Cool. Way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And those are my two headlines. Well, that's very cool. Well, you needed to, because I think it. I think where Squid Game ended, you could do a season two. Yeah, yeah. Without necessarily, you know, remaking season one while you're at it. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I can just imagine now how fucked up season two is going to be. Yeah. Because if because if dude goes back into the game, holy oh, shit, it's on anyway. It's on. Yeah. So he hasn't written it yet, so it it'll be a bit. It'll before be a while. You get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the news I have, thanks to actually you, um, huh? Highlander mm-hmm. is back. So they're going to begin filming sometime this year with Chad Stahelski, who is actually responsible for John Wick directing mm-hmm. and Henry Cavill as the Highlander. Ooh, that could be really damn good. I can't wait. So what I saw was actually true fact. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, some of those, like, somebody, like, screenshotted something. A lot of those just seem like they're fake made-up shit just to get extra clicks. No, no. So that's why why I grabbed it and was like, hey, is there truth to this? Because I've heard nothing about it. Oh, and I've heard stuff about this for a while now. Oh, okay. High, a remake of Highlander being in the works. Okay. 
John Williams is apparently doing the theme for the new TV show Obi-Wan. God bless that man. He's in his fucking 80s and he's, you know, wow. still doing it. Oh, That's yeah. That's cool. That guy rocks. Um, and that comes from Dave. Shout out to Dave. What's up, Dave? Yo, Dave. Let's see. What else have we got here? Um, the trailer for Stranger Things season four has dropped. Mm-hmm. And season four is going to be broken up into two parts on Netflix. Oh. So you're going to have part one and part two, and then there's going to be a season five, and that's going to end Stranger Things. Mm. So we're getting to the end of Stranger Things. And then it looks like Owen Wilson is returning to film Loki season two. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there you have it. Just, you know, entertainment, geeky news, Highlander, Loki. (laughs) You know, normal stuff, power of the dog type shit. (laughs) Obi-Wan, power of the dog type shit. Yeah. Can you imagine Obi-Wan directed by Jane Campion? Holy shit. You would actually watch Ewan McGregor walk across the desert of Tatooine. Oh my I'm sorry. I'm just making fun of that now. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's bad of me. Anyway, do us a favor. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button. Have you watched Power of the Dog? And if so, are we missing anything? Should I go back and re- and watch the last hour and a half and find some deep meaning in life, let us know. Hit us up on social media, at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. Because damn. Uh-huh. Any housey. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. That's what we got this week. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. We sure do. And we, we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another thing, another thing that I'm going to review for next time. You know what mm-hmm. dropped on on Hulu as well as um, HBO Max? No. The King's Man. Okay. That's that's the latest in that whole King guy. In the Kingsman series, series. yes. Okay. It's the prequel that's that shows you the development of the Kingsman service, yes. Ah. And what I find interesting is just the pattern of it dropping on Hulu as well as HBO Max at the exact same time. Like Nightmare Alley did. It's very interesting. I'd have to look into that a little bit more. But I'm going to be reviewing that next time. Okay. All right. Everybody take care. Be safe. Uh, Whatever the CDC says these days. Over it. Uh, So over it right now. I know I can't be, but... I am. I just am. I miss you, 2019. Anyway, all right. (laughs) You guys take care. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.